30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, the sweet tea of the nerdy South, the Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack, the bard of this party, if you will. And of course, my co-host, the juice is loose. He's freshly squeezed. He's the doctor of nerdonomics. He is the elf ranger of our D&D party, Dr. Davis. What's up, Doc? It's so good to hear all that again. It's been a long time. It has. It's refreshing, has. if you will. Good to see you, man. It's good to see where, you. Where have you been all my life? All over the place, my friend. All over the place. It's been crazy. Life has been a little hectic. Been here, yeah. been there. Yeah. Back-to-back theater shows, work, vacations, Planning life, planning a wedding. Oh yeah, yeah, man. It's been uh, it's been insane. We do have some uh, kicking off with some good news. Wednesday, me and Maddie are going to look at a house in Dandridge. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, Dandridge, and you'll be real close to my school if you're there. Yeah, I will, and it's just back there, man. It's like two two and a half miles off the interstate. No neighbors, really. Silence, quiet. Nice little house. Well, Just, I hope it works out. I do too, dude. It's, it's going to be a great first home to have after our wedding, which everything just seems to be falling into place, which is so great. And it's so stress-free. Uh, so hopefully this is something that will also just fall into place into our lap. It's been great. I'm excited for you, dude. I'm really excited for you. You deserve all this good stuff. So, Well, thank you. How has life been for you? Pretty good, man. Right now, I guess I can go ahead and say this because one, this won't release for a couple of days. And two, my wife doesn't listen to the show really. So uh, my wife and my daughter are in Jacksonville visiting an aunt right now. They left early this morning and drove down. And I uh, decided to uh, find a, a, I'm tied up for the next couple of days. So I couldn't go with them. 
but I got myself a flight uh, Tuesday morning. I'm going to fly down and surprise everybody and nice spend a couple days in Jacksonville. So looking oh, forward to that. I haven't been on any type of a like vacation or anything like that in a really long time. So looking forward to just kind of chilling by the pool and being with the family and you know, whatever, yeah. and then come back next week and get back to the grind, you know? So yeah. I yeah, can't complain. Your, your summer is slowly chipping away, my friend. We're halfway done. Yeah. Halfway done. And then I'm going to be into, uh, right back into teacher director mode. So yeah. Trying to enjoy the peace and quiet while I can. Let's see some things that, uh, we have missed in, in my absence, uh, you know, you all announced that you're you're doing this big musical uh high school musical at a high school plan. it's Go wildcats uh it's fantastic uh i hope to get to help out uh seeing as how yeah um i've got some experience in in uh east high school on the stage yes you do <laughs> um a little bit a little bit a little bit uh but that's exciting man uh number one because you know you're starting something new and it's always uh cool to see you know the excitement behind it and the passion and 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 seeing people get on board with it and seeing seeing a show come together i know i, I don't uh preaching the choir here but it's just a beautiful thing and always i can't wait to hear stories of you seeing something you created for the first time ever come together. Yeah. So that's going to be yeah. awesome to get to experience. And I hope it goes really well. I can't wait to see it all come together. That's, that's what we're hoping for, brother. That's what we're hoping for. So uh, it's going to be, you know, anything starting out, it's going to be bumpy. It's going to be tough. And uh, we're going yeah. to get there. You got to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. The, there's some, there's some quote that I love. It's like, uh, the journey of a hundred miles begins with the first step or yeah. some such thing like that. You know, I love that. So that's yeah. the way I'm looking at it. Like it's, yeah, I, I am someone who, how can I say it? I, I want as close to perfection as possible. And I think that yeah. that's, if anyone who knows me, like as well as you do, or, or you know, several other people, that's something you could say about me. I, I want to, something to be the best that it can possibly be. So when you're starting out with something and you run into those rough spots, it can be really frustrating for me. And, 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 and so I'm just trying to keep that mindset of like, this is going to happen, but it's going to be okay. And it's going to get to where I want it one day. And it's all going to be awesome and beautiful and amazing. So that's the mindset I'm trying to, to go into next year with, but just remember you gotta help me remember that. I will. I will. And also one thing I want you to remember is that it's a dangerous business juice going out your door you step onto the road and if you don't keep your feet there's no knowing where you might be swept off to wow did you just come up with that i've never heard that before not once it's uh it's a quote <laughs> from a you may have heard of it oh it's a, it's a little book little novel uh novella maybe i don't know uh called the lord of the rings Oh yeah. yeah. It's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, it's like D D, right? Same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so let's uh kick off with some uh some news and current events going on, a lot going on. Oh uh, my goodness. So <laughs> a follow-up Jon Snow series with Kit Harrington. Your thoughts? I think um 
the end of Game of Thrones was met with such distaste by the majority of the fan base. I think that Jon Snow was a fan favorite. I think yeah. that's safe to say, wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. So I think that this is their hope of like redeeming mm-hmm. uh, the franchise, maybe uh, reviving it in a way, like giving some attention back to it and maybe yeah. hoping that they can make up for the the ending that the people weren't crazy well, I know about. When it comes to John, a lot of, of, see, I, I didn't really read the books, so I can't say that I'm a super fan. I didn't like the ending, but, I just watched the show. I didn't really read the books. So yeah. well, the my, books still aren't all finished. Yeah, I know. My problem with crazy. John, and I think a lot of people's problem with John is you find out he's a Targaryen and it's just it's just there. And it's not like he got to kill the Night King. It's not like he got to so maybe we'll get to see some more of that, you know, like he's got this illustrious name. Yeah. Let's let's do something with it. You know, let's make him the greatest commander of the wall. Let's, you know, so it'll be interesting. And Kit, you know, Kit was who came to them with this idea, which is good to know. I just wonder, like, what it's going to be about because the big threat is is wiped out. Like, they yeah. won. So, like, what what is the big over? Is there another winter coming? <laughs> is fall coming? <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, uh, I'll definitely watch it. Oh, I'll for watch sure, it for, you know? for the basis of, of Kit Harrington. But I just got to say, okay, like to play devil's advocate here, the moment when we found out when it was confirmed that Jon Snow was more than just a bastard, like he mm-hmm. wasn't just some, you know, some nobody after all this time. And he's been like, he's been destined for all these great things. And then you have that moment of actually, no, he's somebody really significant. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't satisfying for you. No, it was after that. Okay. Like, okay. I wanted him to have a one-on-one with the Night King. Like, it should be a Targaryen that kills the Night King. It should be the descendant of blah, blah, blah. It should be John. I'm not saying that I wanted John on the throne, but I don't know. Just after. That would have been too easy, I think. Yeah. That would have been probably too easy of an ending. Um, in the time since Game of Thrones has ended, you know, at the time, like I really tried to fight for it. I tried so hard. It's just not a battle that I can win, you know. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, at this that. point, it's I have to just admit, like it was underwhelming. I, I get it. I, I totally get it. Uh, it didn't ruin it for me, and I was just I was okay with it. I, I didn't mind so much, but I I, I can admit it wasn't like. Yes, you know, like so many other moments throughout the show were. So I I, I can see that. I've grown to realize, because I would say that even though the Supernatural finale was better than Game of Thrones, it was still not what a lot of the fans wanted. It wasn't what Jensen Ackles and Jared wanted. And a lot of it happened because of the pandemic. They had to just rush something. Oh, okay. So ending things are hard. Yeah. For anything. It could be the greatest show. I mean, we've seen terrible endings and a lot of great things. I mean, but we've also seen great endings. And I guess the thing I would say most Game of Thrones people who are still like so livid that they can't even talk about it is move on. There's so much content out now. Yeah. You can find something else. You know, Will of Time's pretty good. Marvel's dropping stuff. The Boys is out. You know, it's move on. Okay. I mean, if you're a book enthusiast and, and and all that like i get it but there's so much out there 
that can bring joy back to your life. Absolutely. Um, so have you been keeping up with any more of the Ezra Miller drama? Uh, bits and pieces. I know well, it's we can't uh, find a him. mess. <laughs> we can't find him. He is hiding out with uh, this poor family, holding them hostage. Didn't they uh, send a tweet like, oh, I know you're looking for me and you'll never find me. Ooh, ah, ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are. Uh, they're they're hiding out somewhere in the wilderness, holding this family hostage. And uh, they've been they've been accused of like grooming this yeah. kid or something. And I don't think you come back from this. Yeah. Not and a I, good look, Ezra. I don't think they're going to release the flash. Oh. <sighs> Honestly, I mean, not what do you, made an answer. They what do you what do you do? Anything, but do you release it? I don't know, man. I I I just kind of feel like after all the work that's been put into it and everything, I, I would maybe put it. They they put disclaimers on things all the time now. Like the last two episodes of Obi One had disclaimers, and yeah, uh, the boys had a very interesting disclaimer this past week, uh, which we may or may <laughs> not get to. Yeah, um, so you know, maybe something like uh, WB or whoever we does not ways recently, yeah, blah blah blah. However, due to the hard work and the efforts and talents uh, contributed by so many individuals, besides the the one person, you know, we want to continue with the release of the movie. Maybe that's the wrong answer. Look, I don't know, I, but I I want to see it. I want to see Keaton. I'm selfish. Yeah, I want to see I that. I want to see Keaton. Exactly. So I think you release it and just uh, cut and I, ties and, and it is what it is. As we say here in the South, bless their hearts, man. DC, they're trying so hard and they just cannot get a win. Like they're One on the verge forward, of it all the time. Three steps back. Absolutely. Every time. And I just, I hate it. I hate it for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we get peacemaker and all this great stuff happening like everybody's looking forward to the flash what's gonna happen michael keaton omg and then here we are yeah and then having to deal with the whole you know aquaman 2 amber heard situation Oof. like ah uh, how mm. exhausting it must be to, to work for you know anyone involved in this. oh my gosh my my therapy bill would be through the roof if i worked over there right now Oh yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, so, in the some more comic book news, uh, there's a recent interview with Christian Bell talking about Thor: Love and Thunder. Number, first off, I'm very excited about this because yes, he has polled as the best MCU villain yet in that's, previews. That's big, dude. Like that's <laughs> that's, like, that's a bold statement. There are some preview people who have been like, he's going to scare the living daylights out of some people. I I'm cannot like, wait. Good. I can't wait. <laughs> he looks terrifying. But you know what they say? You either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. What happened to you, Bruce Wayne? What happened to you? Um, but in the interview, what was funny is um somebody uh <laughs> somebody uh said something to him about uh so uh uh you've entered the MCU <laughs> and he said what yeah. Absolutely not. No. What have I? I've not entered into anything. <laughs> he didn't know what the MCU was. He's like, I mean, I've, I've seen a couple of the movies, but I didn't know about this massive universe. And he was like, when someone came to me and said, so you've entered the MCU. And he's like, I've not done anything. How dare you? Don't. Put... 
entered what? What are you talking about? I think that's funny. Like, even if you're considerably out of touch or living under a rock, I feel like you should know what the MCU is. It almost comes across as a tad, a tad pretentious. It does a little bit. When it's such a mainstream thing. Maybe he just yeah. didn't know what the acronym meant, but like if they said, oh, so you joined the Marvel Universe. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Cool, cool. Of course I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, but I'm excited to see that, dude. I can't wait. Um, this next yeah. news is, is kind of scary. Uh, Amazon is testing a new Alexa feature that could mimic the voices of dead relatives. Yeah, saw that. Um, why? Some people, I think, would find that very comforting. I would find that terrifying, uh, disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I'd find that no quite thanks. disturbing. No thanks. Um, I love. How did how do they come up with stuff like this? Like, how would that even work? I bet there's like they would save like a call or something or like video or like you'd have to upload like all these files of like anytime you've voice chatted or videoed right. with them and i bet they do because uh we we went to the theater to see uh top gun maverick twice now um once with the family and once with maddie's family uh it was actually a uh started out as a bro date between me and her father um and we just brought them along with us <laughs> and it's so good it's so good. Um, I love Top Gun. I loved it as a kid. Love the original, but man, this is pushing better than the original. And it's so oh, that's good. great. So I'm good. gonna see it one of these days. I um, still gotta see Jurassic Park. So I'm Val Kilmer came back, but what I personally did not know as a Val Kilmer fan is he really does have throat cancer and cannot yeah. speak. Yeah. Um, so what they did is they used AI old movies of his and his son yeah. emulating him to create Iceman's voice. And so he, you'd see him, he says a few lines. That's all he was able to do as an actor, as a person. And that's how they got him to speak because Val can't speak anymore. And it's sad because this is Doc Holliday. This is Iceman. This is Batman. And to see that you know this has happened to someone like Val Kilmer, I was like, oh, God, it broke my heart. But but what we can assume this is probably his last role that he'll ever do, right? What mm -hmm. a glorious ending, you know, with such fanfare and, and all the success that this movie has, yeah. uh, you know, attained. That's a great way to. What's to end crazy it. is it hit me in the theater when I realized it. That's why he played Silent Bob in re in Jane Silent Bob reboot. Because he really yeah. can't speak. Yeah. That's an, oh, God. It's heartbreaking. Some more yeah, heartbreaking news. Uh, John Williams says that Indiana 5 could be his last film score. I mean, hasn't the man given us enough? He's 90 years old and he God, has scored some of the so most good. epic, iconic movies of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, I think is. Is it confirmed that Harrison Ford is retiring with Indiana Jones 5? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Saying so goodbye. that was what, yeah, John Williams sort of said, like, well, if he's going to do it, I think I should too. Yeah. Oh, man. Hope, uh, hope the movie is good. 
franchise Ford character. I hope that it uh, works out and I, I hope, hope so. that people are prepared for the criticism and the complaining that is bound to happen no matter what. Yeah. Oh, no. You're not going to make hundred percent of the people hundred percent happy a hundred percent of the time. I'll be there yeah. in the theater to see it and I'll mark out to the theme song and I'll mark out to seeing Harrison doing his own yep. stunts at 80 when he and should we'll, be. <laughs> we'll cry when he dies. Yeah. Inevitably. Inevitably. Yeah. Um, Last little bit of current events and news. Um, Disney Plus series called The Santa Clauses is coming out uh, next year, I believe, um, or this end of this year. Interesting, um, because I never thought we'd see Tim Allen return to the role of Santa Claus, but he's returning. Uh, it's going to be about their kids. Um, uh, in the in the first concept look of the family portrait that they posted, there's no sign of Charlie. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if Charlie is even a part of the show. Uh, it'd be kind of upsetting if he wasn't. All right. Because he was in all three movies. Um, yeah. I saw some people were complaining that Bernard wasn't part of the show. I'm like, Bernard I wasn't in that. the third one. So yeah. why would he be part of the show if he wasn't in the third well, one? Well, he should. One, he's probably too old to look you know like an elf yeah unless they wanted to go about go about it like they do with all the star wars roles and stuff yeah. and de-age him or, or whatever um but i mean yeah, I, think, I think he should make an appearance or he should be mentioned or something like yeah. that at yeah. least yeah because three just like there was no bernard and they didn't talk about bernard because so and it was because of his scheduling and i just assumed bernard might have died <laughs> like do the elves die? I don't know. I don't know what happened. Oh, there. surely not. past the news and past current events I want to talk about here. First off, let's talk Obi-Wan. Oh. I believe people have had time. Finale has happened. Um, some of us have probably watched it three or four times and still teared up every time and still marked out and nerded out and every time that they've watched it. Um, and got goosebumps literally every time that they watch the finale again. Um, I'm right here with you. I feel that. Uh, it, it was a great show. I really hope there's a season two. Um, I would love Interesting to see that you say that. Obi-Wan training maybe to get back to what we know Obi-Wan becomes uh, and maybe some more Qui-Gon. Um, yeah. You know, I said, like, some shows, like WandaVision, I'm like, I don't need a season two. There's no need for it. But I think there's yeah. still some some fun things that they could maybe do. I agree. With I, I agree. Quite, especially 100%. if you could get Liam to do some a couple episodes, I think you could do another season. Now, I'm not saying give me three, four, and five seasons of Obi-Wan. Uh, you've only got so much time to play with. 
Right. I liked it, man. I, th- I liked the series. I know there was a lot of weird problems that some people had with stuff. Um, I had a, a an issue. I thought that it kind of created a, a, uh, a plot hole or a continuity problem with her knowing that his name's Obi-Wan as a child. Um, because when you flash forward to A New Hope, in the message, she just says, years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. Why wouldn't she say, you know, remember me, remember me, you saved my life, you know, once, well, your help again. So have you thought about any of that? Like, I mean, a little bit. Um, Leia, Leia did seem very formal in her message, right? Um, in, in Star Wars. So I get that. I also just feel like she addresses him by his name, Obi-Wan Kenobi. She knows his history. Years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. He's a family friend. And obviously, yeah. he's someone that her father, Bill Organa, would have talked about. And, and regardless of the events of the show, right, he would have probably talked about his friend, Obi-Wan. He was this great hero and yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, so I think it's acceptable to think that she was a family friend. Now, it's been, it has been 10 years since the events of Obi-Wan when we see Leia again in A New Hope, right? Yeah. She yeah. looks a lot different. So maybe she's, you know, maybe he wouldn't recognize her or something like that. And she's just clearing it up. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, but also, to play devil's advocate to myself, she, if you do watch A New Hope, she even he says I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And she goes Ben Kenobi, and her yeah. reaction like my old friend. Also, so there are two schools of thought. Let's also remember that her son she names Ben, not Obi Wan, Ben. So I think that if you're looking for that kind of hole, like to just like trash it on YouTube, like a lot of people seem to be. Um, there's this one guy I follow on TikTok who claims to be this really big fan. His name's Soups. And uh, first two episodes, man, this is the best Star Wars content we've ever gotten in the Disney era. Blah, 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 blah. Episode three and four. I am disappointed by Obi-Wan Kenobi right now. I am disappointed by this. This is what the show should be. This is what the show should be. This is what they're doing. The last two episodes. This is the best finales we've ever. And I'm like, dude, you guys suck. Like, legitimately, this fan base is so toxic. It's so Absolutely. hard sometimes. It's so hard sometimes. And I'm just it's like, crazy. Oh my God. Just like, just you can have your qualms. Like, I have my qualms, but like, I'm not going to vlog about it <laughs> just for my so, viewers. Okay. So, so here's here's my thoughts on the whole season two thing. I am anxious and excited and I support any star Wars content that, that they're going to give us. Okay. And that, you know, that like, no matter what, I'm going to enjoy star Wars because it's star Wars. That's me with Obi-Wan. I feel like if we didn't get a season two, I'm okay with that because I get a little, I, I loved Obi-Wan, all the whole yeah. thing, the whole experience. Yeah. I loved it. 
But I cannot lie and say that I didn't get a little uncomfortable with the Leia and Obi-Wan relationship, that they were so close and everything, even though I just defended, you know, the thing we were just talking about. Oh, yeah. It made me a little nervous. Like, there's only so much time that Obi-Wan can spend with Leia and Obi-Wan can spend with Luke and spend with Vader and all this before we get into really dangerous territory of messing with stuff that's already established in Star mm-hmm. Wars, right? Um, so if there's going to be a season two, I feel like we don't need to see Leia. No. That no. should be done. It was great to see her. She was a nice surprise. And the young lady who played her was magnificent. She was so good. I, I loved I loved all the Leia stuff that needs to be done unless oh, yeah. we're getting a Leia with a different story. And we got Millie Bobby Brown playing her in the future that yeah. I would be okay with. But for Obi-Wan season two, I think it should be, you know, Qui-Gon teaching him all the force stuff or whatever, how to come back. And then, you know, and maybe yeah. even bring in Cal have Obi-Wan and Cal yeah. do an entirely separate quest that goes against the empire you know, bring in, uh, what's her name, Seer, you know, and Cal and the captain it, and have yeah, a and it can be a launching point for Cal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. and have that happen, you know. But no Leia, no Luke. Like we've seen them as kids. Yeah. You don't want, to, like you said, you don't want to spend too much time around them, or you. you I was know, canon stuff. I was really nervous in the finale when all the stuff with Reva was going on uh you know at the farm with luke and everything by the way i think it's really cool that they gave this cool story to uh uncle owen and aunt baru who got fried in the first 20 minutes the first movie but you know they've got this cool story now like they're see how uncle owen gets the limp and we see like they really loved Luke yeah. and, and and looked out for him and really fought for him and, and would go to the ends of the earth for him. And, you know, they're more than just those yeah. you know, skeletons, you know, outside the, <laughs> the house in the movie. Man. So props for that. I also like but, how Luke's pretty much knocked out most of exactly that time. Exactly what I was getting he to. Doesn't like, see he doesn't because like, why would he not when he talks about the Jedi and Darth Vader and all this stuff with Ben? Wouldn't he be like, oh, yeah, I remember this time this crazy dark Jedi showed up and tried to kill me. Right. So he was knocked out. He didn't see any of it. So I was like, OK, good. Smart. So smart. people don't want to admit it, man. But for the most part, they know what they're doing yeah. over there. Yeah. You no, know, they do. They do. They do. Uh, but but I enjoyed it, uh, especially that finale, man. The stuff with Vader and, and Obi-Wan fighting again, seeing Obi's strength start to come back. The rock thing was so cool. And the moment where Anakin says, I'm not your failure. You didn't kill me, Anakin Skywalker. I did. And I feel Smiles. like that was Anakin. I feel like for a moment there, that was him. That was almost kind of him to say, like, stop carrying this guilt. This wasn't your doing. Did you notice that the glare from Obi-Wan's lightsaber, the blue, was on his face when he said that? Yeah. I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. And then he sort of raises his and it the red comes back on. Yeah. I did. And you also you that was on the, purpose. The 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 parallels of, of when Ahsoka fought him, she cut the left side of his face. When Obi-Wan fights him, he cuts the right, and Luke gets to take the whole thing off. So it's like they chipped away at Vader slowly. Oh, nice. His Padawan, his master, his son. And I, oh, it just, 
it was and Qui-Gon at the end. I've been here the whole time. And, and and even seeing the Emperor too, that was cool. That was cool. Like, oh my God, like he's in still doing it. Like he stills give he's still giving us the Emperor performance of a lifetime. <laughs> he's still and he yeah. loves it. You can tell anytime you need me as the Emperor, man. I'm not doing much else. So just you know, you know who loves their role in Star Wars more than anyone else in the entire uh, cast of, and and characters in the history of the movies. Not Mark. more than more than uh, Ian McDermott. More uh, than even Ian? more than Mark. Yes. Ooh. Um. Oh. Uh, is it? Uh, uh, what's the name that plays Willow? Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis? Uh, I mean, I'm sure he does. But Who? Who is it? I was going to say Billy D. Williams. Oh, yeah. He, and because I, at one of the conventions that he was at that, that I was attending, uh, we went to his Q&A and he talked about like, I won't let anybody else do it. You know, yeah. so like on the, they just came out with the Lego Skywalker Saga game. God, Becky's addicted to that. <laughs> um, I've barely played it. Uh, but he does the voice of Lego Lando. Like, he's the only one who came back and did this little Lego video game, you know, because he just loves it that much. That's awesome. That's kind of like Ernie Hudson and Ghostbusters. Yeah. He just loves exactly. it. Um, so I, I absolutely loved Obi-Wan. Uh, I'll be uh, interested to see where they go from here. Will we get more Hayden in a Vader show? Will we get a season two? What will we see in Ahsoka? God knows what we might see in Ahsoka that we don't know. I'm hearing that Hayden is going to be in Ahsoka. So there's there's so much opportunity within these 10 years that you can play with. And some flashbacks to the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like we could get a young live action Ahsoka straight from Clone Wars. Walking around with Hayden is Anakin. And I would much rather have the dude that did the voice in the Clone Wars. But we all want that. But. It is what it, it is. is. What it is. Jinx. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, so I, I've been wanting to say some some thoughts on this next thing, uh, but I haven't been here, and I know it's a couple weeks old, news wise and, and topic wise. Joker sequel. Um. And I, I've, I've spent some time alone with my thoughts with this after I read this. And the first question is is why. Um, I really loved the Joker. Yeah, I really loved Joaquin's version. I really loved the story they told. There's so many people that dislike it because they feel it's it's not comic book enough. Um, and to you, I say, good. There's so much comic book out there. Um, give us something real, and they did. It was beautiful, and I saw it as a one-off, and I didn't need. I mean, what do you do? You know, you you don't want to dive too much into the mythos because then people are going to start expecting crossovers and other characters and a darker version of DC and who's going to be this Batman to this Joker and blah, 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 blah. Two, I love Lady Gaga. I love Lady Gaga. I've loved her since day one. When people were shit talking her and calling her crazy and weird and i was like that's theatricality baby and that i know exactly what she's doing she's getting attention here step one get the attention 
Step two, show them what you got. Step three, normalize yourself. So, but, Gaga's Harley Quinn, or Dark Deer, Harley and Quinzel, whichever version they gave us. Um, we already have a fantastic Harley Quinn in the live action world. And I would be so afraid that people would look at Gaga and say, you are not Margot Robbie. This is not as good, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Three, the musical aspect. I get it. They both can sing. They both proved it, especially her really well. And I could see them turning it as like, oh, this, this music, he's in the asylum the whole time and the musical's going on in his head. I already see this happen, the writing on the wall, if this movie does happen. At the end of the movie, he'll have been in the cell the entire time just sitting and the entire movie would have been in his head. So these or weird musical moments weren't actually happening. Kind of like or the, they weren't actually listening girlfriend. Or, yeah, or he stages a musical. But at its basis, you know, after that first one was released, we were told by both Joaquin and Todd, there's no need for a sequel. Why do you want a sequel to something we already did that was beautiful? I'll tell you why. Because money talks, baby. Money At talks. the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much crap you talk about money and chasing it in your first movie, if they come to you with a buttload of money for a sequel, even if you know you can't do as good the second time, everybody takes the money. Yeah. I don't care. You could be the greatest human being on the planet and you take the money. And I hate that because you know how much of a fan I am of Joker, of his, his, his chaos, his, his, that there's just, there's so much to him, but there's not much to him at the same time. He's so, you could analyze the Joker for a year and not get it. That's what I love about the Joker. But I was happy with one. Like I was like, I, I don't need that. I, I love musicals. I love Lady Gaga. I love the Joker. I just, but I personally don't need it. Or really I'm, want the, it. I'm in the same boat. So those are my but thoughts. But that being said, we'll, We'll be there sitting yeah, in the audience yeah. and watching it when we'll it comes out. We'll be there out. in the audience if it happens. So, I mean, who's, I mean, who's laughing then? You know, stranger things have happened. Um, the last topic of choice I want to talk about and I wanted to get your thoughts on is what in the hell is going on in WWE right now? <laughs> like It's a madhouse. I feel like I stopped watching for a while and I didn't even have time to watch wrestling or even watch the Snapchat's weekly catch up top 10 videos or, or, you know, I just, and, but then I started seeing like Stephanie stepped away. Vince is stepping down. Now Stephanie's coming back. Is triple H going to have to come back now. Undertaker's going to lace his boots up one more time, you know, for one event, Brock oh, Lesnar's no. back because of, you know, an injury to Cody. And it's like, what the hell is going on at WWE? So Vince McMahon uh, is being investigated by the WWE Board of Directors for, you know, some unethical behavior, I suppose, uh, because he hired a paralegal, I think, um, and her salary was $100,000 a year. Ooh. And uh, the next year she got bumped up to $200,000 a year. That's, you know, even in big companies, raised. that's that doesn't happen very often, right? So uh, apparently she left the company um, and was given like a $3 million severance package. 
and she signed an NDA indicating she would not reveal the uh, or disclose information about an affair that she allegedly had with Mrs. McMahon. And uh, the uh, head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis, Johnny Ace, step or uh, uh, yeah, stepfather of the Bella Twins. Yeah, uh, he is also uh, indicted in this uh, indicated uh, referenced uh, that allegedly he was also a part of this uh, affair or whatever so who knows what's going on but vince doesn't appear to be sweating it he showed up on tv just to say hello and start the show and kick things off and he's doing his vince strut down to the ring and everything so he doesn't seem to be worried but it is you know, when can we say it was the last time that Vince McMahon was not the chairman of the board, the head of things, uh, WWE, probably the steroid trial in the early nineties. Yeah. I mean, probably like 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, now Stephanie's the, uh, CEO. Okay. So hearing that rundown, I guess my first, uh, comment is, Oh, I'm so shocked. Because, like, oh, yeah. Vince McMahon, uh, old white billionaire, billionaire, old man who has been sketchy in the past is wrapped up in something bad. Oh, I mean, it's just it's it's believable. It's not unbelievable for me. Um, yeah. Trying to hide it with money. Also not unbelievable. But it's just like. Maybe this is the push. And this is something like I got to talk a little bit with with our council of nerd friends. Uh, Rich was like, as bad as this sounds, maybe this is the push that we need to get him out and let Triple H start booking stuff and running the show. Now, Vince McMahon is still running the show, guys. Yeah, he's still. Yeah. Even if it's via text, he's, he's still in show. charge. No, he's yeah. there. He's there. There's nothing they can do that, that says, oh, you cannot be here. I mean, it's – he's – nothing's really changing, I don't think. Yeah. That's crazy, man. This is insane. What um, a strange time in wrestling it is. Very strange time. So, also, a lot to watch, a lot to talk about. We're caught up on Miss Marvel. We started Umbrella Academy. After we get done recording this, I'm going to finally start the boys' season three. Oh, geez, man. I know it's killing you're me. Not, I'm not uh, you're about. not allowed to go on vacation during this convergence of all these shows coming out all at once <laughs> ever again because you're so behind. <laughs> and the boys season three is the best season of the boys so far. So if you it. haven't seen the boys, go watch the boys. Um, and I, I've been it has been so hard the past few weeks knowing the things that I know and not being able to talk to you about it. Well, hopefully by tomorrow night, I'll be caught up. You need to remedy this quickly. I will. You'll know because I'll be in the group chat going, oh, my God. Because I knew Hero Gasm was being done. We talked about this after season two. We dropped that. They were going to base a lot of the season off of the spinoff Hero Gasm, which is um, – I can't remember if it happened huh. between issues one or uh, – uh, it happens it's volume, volume one. Five. Volume five, it's like a Volume spin-off. five of the boys, and it's a spin-off. Yeah. See, I haven't read all the boys, but I, I read Herogasm because somebody said 
stop what you're doing. Go ahead and read this story because it is the wildest. I've never seen anything like this in comics. And if they're even able to do half of what they do in the show, which this show gets away with a lot, probably more than any show I've ever seen. Um, I'm excited. Number one, I know it's killed. It's, it's been killing me not to watch it because my boy's in it and he's, he's back with Kripke and he's, and, and, and he's in season three and he's freaking soldier boy. And I'm like, God, why am I not watching it? Yet? And he's, he's fantastic, by the way. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so- it, it, they, they uh, we talked a lot when we talked about anytime we've talked about season two of the boys, like the head popping stuff, like, oh my gosh, oh, yeah. like how violent and, and all this, like, how are they going to top this, bro? They top it. They, episode one, they top it with the shock factor. I mean, one of the first things that happens in the boys' first episode of season one is the A-Train running through uh, Robin, Huey's yeah. girlfriend, right? And just obliterating her. And Huey's standing there holding her severed hands in his hands, covered in blood, right? And I'm like, what? what? Right? That's nothing. I don't think you, you met her character in Letter Kenny, did you? Did you meet the girls' hockey team? Uh, probably Were not. Were you stopped uh, watching? She's funny. Robin, she, she's in it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I can't wait to jump on that. We've talked a lot of content. We're going to step away for a quick break, uh, get some water, listen to the word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with more 30 and Nerdy podcasts when we return. Hey guys, my name is JT. What's up everyone, I'm Darren. Hey, what's up guys, I'm Josh. Hey guys, I'm Christian. Hey, what's up y'all, this is Dominic and we're the East Coast Avengers. We're a group of five friends who get together weekly and talk about everything that's going on in the nerd universe. Whether you're a fan of Marvel, DC, Star Wars, video games, comics, or anything else nerdy that you can think of, we're the podcast for you. You can find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever streaming platform you use to listen to your favorite podcasts on. You can also catch us on our YouTube channel where we release tons of content such as vlogs, unboxings, TV and movie recaps, and trailer reactions. So if those things sound good to you, then check out the East Coast Avengers podcast. We hope you enjoy. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award winning silky smooth salted caramel whiskey to our King Snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the Volunteer State with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind-the-scenes features, new deals, 
and our always fan favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. Welcome back, nerds, um, and we're going to take a little turn into something that we typically do not talk about, but um, personally felt like talking about a little bit. Um, so instead of an vocabulary word, I want to talk about something that happened a few days ago that even though we do not truly understand what this does as two guys. Um, so Roe v. Wade was overturned. And if you don't know what Roe v. Wade is, it was the landmark decision by the Supreme Court in 1973 by a 7-2 to two vote. This victory stated that a woman's right to privacy was covered by the 14th Amendment, the right to do what she will with her body, not just healthcare decisions, but also solidified that the government could not and should not be able to control reproductive or sexual rights of any human being. This falls under the 14th Amendment, which says all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Um, so I don't want to linger too much on about this, but as someone with a sister and a fiance and cousins and a sister-in-law and a mom and just many amazing, beautiful women in my life. And I know you feel the same way. It's devastating. Um, We here at 30 and Nerdy are shocked and outraged by what happened. Uh, As I said, few minutes ago as men we don't understand as straight white men we have never had our rights challenged or taken away at any time in our lives and it never has been that way for any straight white male um I know that that some circumstances keep you from commenting too much on it, Juice, but uh, just it's it's a 
it's another black eye and a long list of black eyes on our country. And anyone who's celebrating, which I have family that is celebrating and quote unquote friends that are celebrating, it's sad to see you celebrating that. Um, that basically what happened was now the government can control. Sure, we got rid of it at a federal level, but now your state government, if they chose to, I know there are states that are not going to outlaw it. They now can tell you, a woman, what you can and cannot do with your body. And we are saddened by it. And we are sorry that in this day and age, in 2022, there are people in this country that feel that women shouldn't have the same rights as us. And I really hate that. I know this is kind of a, a, solemn, a solemn turn of things that we normally want to be. We normally want to be an escape, but we also want to fight for our fellow brothers and sisters for all rights, no matter where you, what you believe in, where you live, or how you live. Uh, we are an open podcast to all. And we are so sorry. Um, I know it's been a very dark week for half of this country now. Um, this is not something that affects just Democrats. This is not something that affects just Republicans and Democrats. This is something that affects all of us. Because if you have a woman in your life in any aspect, even if you don't believe in it, it does affect them in the long run. And it will affect the future generations. I don't know where we go from here. I know that there's a lot being said and a lot being done. And all I can say is that you have a voice here. Um, we will speak. We will stand beside you and stand up for you. Um, but that's all I can say is I'm, I'm sorry. I hate it. I really do. Um, some people believe that great regression happens before massive progress. And I hope that that's, I hope that that's what's happening here. I really do. Um, but I just felt that, that, uh, I, I wanted to say something and we needed to, to address it. Um, but we're here for any, I'll, I'll just say that, uh, I put my stamp of approval on your comments and um, I'll leave it at that. Thank you for saying all that. And I, uh, yeah. I, uh, I feel the same. And that's all I'll say. So, um, so let's slowly uh, dive into a little bit of what we're talking about today. Okay. Uh, so we are discussing Stranger Things. Now, if you haven't caught up, uh, that's probably the first thing in the long line of things that, that dropped. <laughs> so you've had some time. Um, I'm going to start out with this theory that I read. There's this popular theory going around that everything we have seen 
is one big elaborate D&D campaign that they are all playing in their adult years. So first off, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's a great idea. I love that. I think that's that's genius. Okay. Or it, there needs to be some sort of full circle, you know, ending like that. Like everybody's sitting around playing D&D or their kids playing D&D or something like that. I yeah. think would be so satisfying. Yeah. Uh, so I am in favor of that. It's a fun theory to think about like all this, like L's not really L and has superpowers. And it's like her name actually is Jane and she's married to Mike. And, and that's how they introduce her character. And, you know, Dustin's this, and this is how they meet Steve. Who's actually, you know, um, it would be interesting. Uh, and I would also love to hear what you all think about it. Uh, if you have individual theories that are different than that, or if you think some people I've seen comments on this theory, thinking that it was comparable. And I saw this and I audibly laughed alone in my room. It was comparable to Rick waking up from a coma at the end of walking dead. I went, oh, okay, that's not, on. no, it's not. You're, you're ridiculous. You obviously don't it's like not. stories, my friend. So that being said, Randonertica time, you have to cast the older versions of those characters. Now you just have to do the party, Mike, Dustin, Lucas, Will, Ellen, Max. You have to cast their adult versions when this thing ends. Who do you cast? What age are we talking? Let's say they're 40s. I'm already going to make this easy. It's already been done. Mike should just be Bill Hader again, just like an it. I think it would be funny. I think it'd be an on-the-nose joke because Bill Hader <laughs> played his older version in it. And it would just be funny, like, oh, obviously, Finn Wolfhard's going to grow into Bill Hader. It'd be a funny joke. It's the only one that just hit me. I was like, I'd just make it easy and bring back Bill Hader for that. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, sure. Yeah, we'll go with Dustin. That. <laughs> um, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> I love that. Is is that my go-to answer? Like, have I used him for a lot of stuff? For a lot like? of things, yes. <laughs> that um, I think it'd be funny, no, though. No, maybe not. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I feel like we we can't cast, like, a comedic cast for no. strangers. There has to be. Uh, oh, man. Okay, this is, still, this is still a comedic actor, really. But okay. Patton Oswald. Oh, he'd be great, too. I think it's just easy because Dustin is the, the funny somewhat guy. heavier funny friend. Yeah. You know, Lucas. Will Smith. Well, not anymore. Is he canceled? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I don't know. know what the situation is. I don't is know what Will came Smith. from that. Uh, Don Cheadle. I was about to say Don Cheadle. He could still play that young. Um, Will. Yeah, but he's close to 60, though. Did you realize that? He doesn't that? look it, though. Not at all. Great. Uh, Topher Grace. Oh, that's a great one, too. 
or Toby Maguire. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. 11. Hmm. Do you have one? Natalie Portman. I was about to say Natalie Portman. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Natalie Portman would be great. Uh, Max. Um, I already said Topher Grace, but uh, what's the actress Donna. who played Donna on that 70s show? It'd be funny. Uh, forget It'd her name. Cool. I can't remember her name. Uh, she played Alex in Orange is the New Black recently. Right, yeah. And she's coming back for that 90s show. Which I am. I will watch that. I yeah. will definitely check that out. Yeah. I hope they bring Tommy Chong back. I hope so. How do you not? You know, he's still yeah. alive. Yeah, of like course. Just have him pop yeah. up and then just be like, hey, man, still I'm alive. still here. Oh, hey, still man. still here in the 90s. When's the last time you were in this town, man? Have you seen that Steve Urkel, man? <laughs> he's a funny cat, man. <laughs> uh max i think she'd be great i also think you could take the easy route and, and pick any of the redheads from game of thrones um you could pick uh Saoirse, the one that i used to call sayoris the irish girl it's weird in the last 10 years man even though they are technically scientifically speaking a dying generation a dying breed the redheaded female stars have come out to play. Like we have had a vast majority of amazing redheaded actresses in the last decade. And any right. one of them could play sure. Max. So I'd love to see any one of them tackle that part. You also don't necessarily have to have a true. Well, no, technically you don't have to. Um, but I, I think it'd be fun. It'd be fun. If that was the theory, I wouldn't be angry if it's not. Um, I'm excited uh, to, to see all that stuff happen. Um, but if you can't tell, we are talking about Stranger Things 4, Season 4, Volume 1. And uh, let's, let's start this off with where we left off, okay? So the summer was in full force in Season 3 of Stranger Things. Mike and Eleven were spending way too much time together. Dustin was back from summer camp with stories of a new girlfriend named Susie. Lucas and Max were on again and off again, boyfriend and girlfriend. And Will is having trouble coping with growing up and the party moving on from one another and possibly battling other things internally. Jonathan and Nancy are together and working at a local paper while Steve is working at Scoops Ahoy with his co-worker Robin. You see, they are constantly bothered by Erica, which happens to be Lucas's sister. Then Billy is, is the hot lifeguard and the eye candy for all the older mothers of Hawkins. Joyce is still sad that Bob was killed, but is still at the store giving Hopper parenting advice. The Mind Flayer possesses Billy and commands him to build him a physical body. All that happens while Russians are quietly infiltrating Hawkins and trying to open their own gate under the new Starcourt Mall. These same Russians are paying the local mayor, played by Carrie Elwes, into allowing them to do their thing. All hell breaks loose and the party is forced to save Hawkins yet again. The party gains new allies in Erica, Robin, and Murray, an ex-reporter that is tapped into all the conspiracies and possibly one of my new favorite characters. It all leads to a massive final battle at the mall. Elle and the gang are taking out the Mind Flayer while Hopper, Murray, and Joyce break into the underground lab with the help of Susie and Plank's constant and the never-ending story. The battle sees 
Billy finally redeem himself and sacrifice himself to save the party in the Mind Flare. The battle costs Elle her powers and Hopper his life as he is beside the machine and Joyce is forced to blow it up. All is said at, sad at the end with Hopper dead and the party splitting up. Joyce takes Jonathan, Will, and Elle to California with her. However, with a post credit scene, we are given hope that an American being discussed in the Russian is the one and only Chief Hopper. Did I miss anything? Maybe a deep breath here and there. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Oxygen. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Sit my water. Uh, no, otherwise, no, I don't think so. Well done. Thank you. That's where we left off. So let's talk about where party members are at now. Mike and L. So Mike is older. He's alone. They're still technically dating, riding to one another. Uh, and he's in the Hellfire Club. A D&D club. Elle is not doing well at school. She's not she's making sense. bullied relentlessly. Even though she's lying to Mike in her letters. Things are great. She's made so many friends, learned new words, all that fun stuff. Will is still battling with some internal stuff that I think has been an, an underlying uh, subplot. Most definitely. Most people are picking up on. Um, I think we sort of called this one in like season two at yes. some point when he yeah. was mad about how they didn't want to play D&D anymore. Yeah. One yeah. of us, both of us, someone mentioned. What if it's a, a metaphor? I think that. Yeah. 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 What if it's a metaphor? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's having a rough time. Doesn't really have a lot of friends either. He's actually pretty quiet most of this season. Um, Dustin is in town part of the hellfire club having his grades changed by his hacker girlfriend Susie uh because he's failing latin i think is what he's failing or yeah yeah so um lucas is on the basketball team and popular now not in in the dnd club anymore not dating max anymore max is still undergoing some pretty serious trauma from the death of her brother keeps to herself most of the time with her headphones in uh steve is working at the video store with robin and they are constantly talking about girls he's been on so many dates and trying to see which one could be the one robin is having issues with admitting to a girl she has a crush on telling her Jonathan is smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> Jonathan is just high most of the time, man. Well, it is California, man. It's California, man. Surf's up, dude. Um, and he's with this new friend of his. And Erica is playing D&D and embracing the nerddom that she she was uh, has realized at the end of season three. Oh, my God, I am a nerd. So, and she's a pretty fierce D and D player. She too. is fierce, man. Um, I think it's kind of cool the parallels they did with with uh, at the beginning where they finally put Lucas in the game, and Erica is playing D and D while he makes his shot. She's rolling the winning roll that wins that beats Vecna in the D and D campaign. So it's like there's parallels there. And what's funny is I think this is going to play into things 
if you look at it at a, a very on the nose, Dustin rolled an 11 and didn't hit. Uh, Erica came that. in and rolled a nat 20 and won the thing. So I wonder if they're play, giving us little foreshadowing parallels. Um, I thought it was a great start off. It was cool to see where the where the party had kind of landed. Um, it was really cool this uh, this first volume to to see the the aftermath of Joyce L, Jonathan and and Will moving to California. Uh, kind of that back and forth between California stuff and Hawkins stuff, and um, I thought it was good. I love the Steve and Robin. And yeah. I also love that there's still that Steve and Dustin partnership, but there's like tension because Steve gets jealous of his new friend, Eddie, who plays D and D and it's like, he feels replaced kind of. So it's like, instead of hanging out with Henderson, it's like he's having to go on all these dates because <laughs> he doesn't have Dustin to hang out with. Cause Steve won't play yeah. D and and it's kind of funny. I I like their decision with the whole popularity subplot. One of the party getting popular, joining a sports team in high school, and it changing their yeah. dynamic. So and that's real. what happens. Yeah, it's so real. They really tapped into that really well. And I know you and I both talk about a lot like that change in the high school, and, and we both experienced it. You know, we lost friends because some became popular, some – drifted away and you just you change oh my gosh i'm this is off topic but i have to say this okay because you will appreciate this so much okay and anyone who has been listening to us and has stuck with us since the beginning might remember this we spoke early on in the run of the show about harry potter or something may even have been episode one to be honest because we talked about a lot of different things but I talked about how the death of Dumbledore was ruined for me by my friend at the time, TK. You remember yeah. this? Yes. TK. Because he called me. He was like, oh, my God, Dumbledore died. I was like, what? I'm not there yet. No. Uh. I heard from TK this week. I heard from TK this Did week. Did he strike okay. again? Not quite. Okay. I'm going to read you the message. Uh he said like basically he said something kind of unrelated and i responded and he said p.s dumbledore is dead and he said lol i started your podcast (laughs) (laughs) and i said unforgivable (laughs) unforgivable he said sorry i had no strikes again Sorry, I had no idea what I was thinking, but I'll be your villain anytime. So thanks to TK for being a good sport, even though he ruined Dumbledore's death for me. I'll never forget it. Well, welcome to the journey, TK. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that was great. And and we we see, along with all this, new faces throughout this season. The evil government general character who's chasing Eleven. We meet Eddie. Did we ever... Did we ever hear that dude's name? No. Or do we just not know? Okay. It's just a four-star general. Uh, okay. We meet Eddie, who is the new favorite of, of the masses. Everybody loves Eddie. Eddie was my 
the one like right away, I was like, this guy's going to be my favorite. Yeah, for sure. You immediately knew with that opening Dungeons and Dragons. And oh. that dude is as British as Ozzy Osbourne, right? Like, wow. I had no idea. He was in so, Game of Thrones. Who was he in Game of Thrones? First two seasons, he was a guard at the gate at uh, the wall. They had a couple of like when Tyrion and, and John show up in season one, they greet him and he's one of the guards like just there. Yeah. How old is this guy? He's because older that was than like you think. 10 or 12 years ago. He's much older than you think. I definitely appreciate that his name is Eddie and the name of the Iron Maiden uh, uh, skeleton guy is, is Eddie. I believe that that is a hint that. to what song he's playing in the trailer for volume two. I bet he's playing an Iron Maiden song. I haven't seen the trailer for season two yet. It looks epic. Uh, so with Eddie, we get the rest of the Hellfire Club. We don't really get their names. He says their names, but I can't remember their names. Um, Did you see that movie, The Campaign, with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis? I knew that that was him. Right? The kid that, that, that said that he, he took he, pictures he, of women in the bathroom or something? He let the old man down the down the street show him his willy <laughs> that yes kid. that kid that's him isn't it i knew he looked familiar i'm pretty sure that's him but when he popped up on screen and the way he was acting and all that i was like i could have played that character like i could have played him better than he's playing him so duffers give me a call for season five he also didn't have any lines did he yeah he said something about society and they need someone to blame. They might as well blame us. Oh, that's his line. <laughs> they need someone to blame. They might as well blame us. Oh, okay. um, so we also get Chrissy. Sweet, sweet. Wasn't she just so beautiful sweet? Chrissy, who I swear was created from the DNA of Scarlett Johansson. Um, really, I think she looks like a younger. Spirit. I, I, I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't see that at all. I liked Chrissy. Okay. Um, and when we get to a moment with Chrissy, I'll, I'll tell you something. But then we meet Chrissy's nut job boyfriend, Jason, who is the captain of the basketball team, and he does this thing in their pep rally that just crawled all over me. And I felt like I was back at East High listening to the captain of the basketball team just spewing shit. You know, when he talks about last night when we were down in that game, in that semifinal game, I started thinking about all the things Hawkins had lost. Chief Hopper, Billy, naming out all the We got to do this for them. I was like, you pathetic, trashy human being. Ugh. I immediately was like, go, you should be dating Stacy. Oh, Stacy. Stacy's the worst. She's not nothing good ever. Nothing good. Let me tell you something right now. Okay. Nothing good ever happened with somebody named Stacy involved. Stacy's the worst. The worst. Yeah, except for Stacy Keebler. Oh, I liked her. We'll give her a pass. 
so then we meet some of the basketball team. We also this season meet Yuri, uh, <laughs> who is a funny character, uh, even though he's kind of a bad guy. But, you know, he's one of those just like gray area, immoral people. But he's funny. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. Uh, we also meet Dimitri, who was also in Game of Thrones. A man does does what a man wishes. A girl wants. Does to... a girl wish a man dead? Yeah, uh, he's the man with. No a girl friends. will give the man three names. Um. Then we meet Argyle, man. Bro, bro, Argyle. Uh, did you know? Uh, apparently, you can call the number that was on the van, and there's like some cool message from Argyle. I haven't tried it, but. Uh, I don't know from the business that he's working for, or the pizza company, or whatever it is, surfing pizza, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, so you can call the number. We should do it. Like right now, we should sure. do it and see what happens. Okay. What's the number? So let's look up a picture. Yeah. All right. Let's let's look it up. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Eight oh five. Yeah. Four. Four five. Four four. What? Four five. So eight oh five four five. Okay. Pizza. I don't know what those numbers are. I Z Z A. Sweet. Let's see what happens. All right. Put it on put it on speaker. Serve shop. Surfer boy pizza. This is our guy speaking. We make everything fresh here at Surfer Boy except for our pineapple, which comes from a can. Oh, can you hold it? Rachachos, I just got another order before this dude on hold call that's super specific, like like weird specific. You ready? Okay, so first, it's going to be a six-inch crust, and it's got to be super yellow. I don't know. Don't ask me, man. That's what they said, okay? Now, then we got to get the red sauce, okay? Just up to the edge on the crust, so don't go over. And next, they want, and this was really important, four chunks of white mozzarella. Three habaneros, nice and bright orange, two green pepper slices. Gotta let that habanero sing, man. And then one, just one, piece of blue cheese on top. Now, I know it's strange. Blue cheese is damn near mold. But, hey, have you tried it? Try before you deny, bro. Okay, that's all I got. You get the order? Yeah? Cool. Okay, sorry, bro, Chancho. Thanks for waiting. <laughs> oh nice well done well Good done job. marketing team guy who played argyle probably improv that whole thing um so those are some of our characters old and new we've introduced to and some don't make it uh there's one that i didn't mention fred poor drop dead fred uh who is like one of the editors of the school paper that nancy's working with and yeah. so in episode one dude we lose Chrissy. <laughs> All right. Poor sweet. Horrifically. Chrissy. Horrifically. Uh, this is a dark season. Um, some people have all like halfway through said they stopped watching. Really? Dark and scarier. I'm like, dude. They uh they they would not be able to make it through the boys then. No. I'll tell you that. No. Um, so Chrissy dies in episode one. And the thing that I wanted to discuss is the recently the Duffers did an interview where they say that's one of their biggest regrets this season is killing Chrissy because they filmed her death scene first. Then they filmed the scene of them at the table doing the drug deal. 
and they regret it because the chemistry with those two was so good so good and they wish they had kept her alive because they want they were like we should have kept her alive because we we would have gotten to see more eddie and chrissy i'm like you could have went back and changed it well somebody had to die yeah yeah i mean they had somebody had to die and then in episode two we lose poor fred (laughs) like they just start dropping bodies from the get-go in this season and brutally Mm -hmm. Brutally. Um, it's a dark season, dude. What, what are your thoughts on, on this season? Uh, my thoughts are I loved it uh, very much. It was not my favorite season. I've had a lot of – I've seen and heard a lot of people say season four is the best season, my favorite season. Uh, I liked three better, actually. Uh, some parts of it, for me, were a little slow. Yeah, I I will preface that with uh, I struck my attention span is is not great, and I, I say that a lot, but that's the truth. So it was tough for me to sit through a movie length episode of a show, you know. Yeah, uh, I do. Even though I enjoy that slow burn and everything, the eleven stuff to me got a little slow. I had a hard time with some of that, but I love the big bad this time around. I love the big big you know spin at the end and how everything's sort of tied up and and everything uh really appreciated that and just sort of like the growth of all the characters yeah i'm, I'm enjoying seeing where they're at and where they're going and everything yeah so uh, those are those are my initial thoughts so we've this big bad that you mentioned vecna yeah. uh which obviously every bad guy they've come across is based off of a D character that they've played in a campaign the yeah. Demogorgon, the mind. The Vecna was a, a a human wizard, yeah, who was then like turned into some sort of a demon or whatever, yeah, um, yeah. and which is very much what happened in Stranger very, Things with yeah. with that Vecna, with number so, one. Vecna is kind of you can tell this season that they were paying some serious homage to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, the dreams, the daydreams, the nightmares, the way Vecna kills. The way the body lifted up in the air in the dream, but affects reality. And that entire kill scene with Eddie standing there and her being lifted up and killed is straight out of Nightmare One. The boyfriend and the girlfriend, I don't think their names were Chrissy and Eddie, if I remember correctly. Uh, it might have been, they might have even made the names the same. They're in bed together, they're fooling around. And they go to sleep and the girlfriend starts having nightmares about Freddie and he kills her there with the boy in the room, takes her off the wall, kills her on the ceiling and she falls into the bed. He freaks out and runs away. And most of the movie he is wanted for the murder of his girlfriend. So a lot of that paid homage to. To Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger's cutout is even in the video store that Robin and Steve are working at. And, and not only Robert that, England. by God, Robert freaking England is in this season yeah. as, as the one of the Victor first Creel? people to be framed for the murder of his family. And he cut out his own eyes. So to to not see things and he's 
old and he's in prison and he's played by Robert Franklin England. And, and to have Robert England talking about nightmares, the horror nerd in me, the Freddy fan in me start going, Oh my God, this is beautiful. This is great. The Easter yeah. eggs alone. I'm just gushing. Um, it was so cool. It was so cool to have just to see Robert England doing something because yeah. he's, he stopped putting on the costume. He doesn't do cons. He, he doesn't act really anymore. But when to, did he stop doing cons? Uh, his last dress up, he said, is this year in England. It'll be the last time he dons the costume in the claw and travels and does a con. Oh, wow. And it's sad. It's sad to think about that. But well, shoot, with all this Netflix, Netflix money he's about to get, who needs conventions? Who, yeah, exactly. So I mean, man, the, the the homages they're paying, and each season you can you can tell the Duffers are horror fans, as it is, and no doubt. fantasy fans, and they pay homage so well in different areas to different classic horror films. Um, the fact that okay, the main the main protagonist in the nightmare, the first few nightmares that Freddie goes, the three of the nightmare movies that Freddie goes after is Nancy. Yeah. It's the main female and hearing Robert England say to her name at the jail cell, Nancy, that also hmm. I was like, Oh my God, that's awesome. I was like, I need to talk to David about this. I bet he's also like, Oh, that's pretty. That's beautiful. Um, those are the moments that you can tell who's working on this stuff is brilliant because they're doing that for horror fans. Yeah. Um, Vecna alone, man is terrifying. Um, but I will have to say one of my qualms is, and I think I've said this multiple times about many things. Um, the shark and jaws jaws is so terrifying until the last 15 minutes truthfully because you don't see him don't see what's killing them freddy starts out so scary jeepers creepers starts out so scary because you don't really get full body image the feet at the, at the bathroom stall with chrissy terrifying the voice terrifying but the more we started seeing a vecna just full bodied and just in it I kind of became desensitized to the fear of him. That makes sense. Yeah. Already, like the feet were scary. The voice was scary. The one hand is scary. But the more you showed him every episode, I got less scared of Vecna. Oversaturation, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, so, so what are some of the moments that you have either really enjoyed or just moments that stick out for this. First well, episode. I think the big revelation in the end, like seeing the origin of the Vecna and, you know, connecting that story of 11 at the beginning of, of really the whole series and, and yeah. all that good stuff. That was clearly one of the highlights. Yeah. Uh, I loved the the scene with uh, Hopper and, and the guys fighting the Demogorgon. That was cool. And that was some intense stuff. And it sort of reminds you, like, the Demogorgon was really like the big bad of season one, really. 
you know? And now we've had such bigger and badder things since then. It's like, oh, yeah, Demogorgon's not a big deal. But you are reminded of just how vicious and scary and what a big deal this Demogorgon really yeah. is. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that aspect of it a lot. Ten of the 12 men in minutes. And mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that reunion with Hopper and Joyce was just chef's kiss it was beautiful love hopper and joyce i love that i love the stuff they gave murray i love the fact that they gave murray badass moments that he's a black belt in karate and he kicks ass i love that because that's not done a lot because murray is a comic relief character but he can hold his own but he can hold it and we don't see that a lot in movies or television like you know, I mean, you don't see Jack Black's characters being having a lot of quote unquote badass moments. You didn't see a lot of Chris Farley's characters having a lot of badass moments. And it's really cool to see, oh, I'm a black belt in karate. They're like, okay, no. yeah, you took with a bunch of teenagers, but he's kicking Russian butt. Mm-hmm. He speaks perfect Russian. It's like, oh, he's funny. And one of the funniest moments is when they're at the kitchen table and Murray is cooking for him, risotto. And Jonathan and Argyle are high. Yeah. Through the stratosphere. And Joyce is talking, Joyce and Murray are talking the entire time about going to Alaska and they're waving this big lie out to basically, you know, cover for themselves. And when she looks at John and says, so I'm really going to need you to step up this week. Wait, what? Your mom's going to Alaska, man. You're going to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> and Murray's like, who's this guy? Like, I, I still don't know who this guy is. That whole scene is just funny. Great comedy moment there. Um, any of the stuff with Eddie, like in the Hellfire Club and Eddie's just sort of like they're they fear him but they respect him and they admire him all of those at the same time and he's just this intense individual and he's so in your face and and uh intimidating and and crazy uh i loved those moments yeah the we you already talked about it but eddie and chrissy at the table that was such a lovely just a beautiful moment it really um and it made it so tragic that she died right in front of him later on because um, it leaves us which is why I, which is why i think that killing her was the right choice it and it makes right. us more sympathetic toward eddie right because he had that this weird odd dude who everyone has this you know idea of and yeah everything and he has this tender genuine moment with the most popular girl in school and you're like oh you know look he at this remembered and then, his band from middle school like yeah and then she has this horrific death in front of him and he's blamed for the murder. Like, so now we're more attached to him. Right. So it totally worked. And so I, I think it was the, the right choice. It was, and, and it was sad and it was the right choice creatively. Um, Cause like you said, it gives us more of Eddie, but it also gives us this opportunity to see the evolution of the basketball players and Jason, Jason, who starts out the first couple episodes as this smooth-talking, kind of nice to Lucas, captain of the basketball team. At first, when I first saw him, I thought, okay, him and Eddie are going to be the new characters that are brought in, you know, 
brought into this whole thing and become part of the party for the next season or whatever, or have to help fight. But no, they took the entire different approach with Jason. No, Jason is the one who forms the, the mob and starts throwing out religion and starts throwing out like, you know, the devils here in Hawkins and, and I've seen the devil and, and Eddie has powers because the devil is, is in Eddie and we've got to get a, get our pitchforks and our torches and we got to find him and we got to cure Hawkins herd, herd mentality and hysteria. Yes. And it was just so watching those scenes, like we were all together in the dark and we we've been, when I talk about this kind of stuff on the show, like if, if if we have shows that we watch together, we're strict to it. Like we, the last, it's taken us the last week and a half to, 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 to dissect through stranger things because no one lives in Chattanooga now. And we could only watch on the weekends when he was here and when all of us were together. So that's why it's taken me a lot of time with like stranger things and stuff like that. And so we're all watching and, there, it's just you could hear a pin drop when that whole town hall is going on and Jason's doing all that stuff because we were like, that would happen here. And that's terrifying to see how easy it was that this senior in high school could take the mic at a town hall, quote a bunch of stuff, throw around the devil and, and save and and the devils in Hawkins and he could organize a mob of the town. Kudos to the guy who's playing. He's doing it fantastically. But I was like, Oh my God, this is terrifying. Um, yeah. That, so that makes me think a lot of, there's this Bob Dylan song called with God on our side. And yeah. basically it talks about how all these terrible things have happened in history, but they justify it. The people who, who, you know, enacted these things, justified it, you know, by claiming God was on their side. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it also but at the same time, it messed on getting it, the, the mob together to go after the beast. But at the same time, in the situation that these people are in, where these supernatural things appear to be happening and children are dying and stuff like. Oh, yeah. It's going to create oh. some hysteria and, and everything. So. And the only thing you've known in a small town in Indiana in the eighties is if it's paranormal, it's God or it's the devil yeah. or it's because yeah. what you've been brought up. It's not possibly a science experiment gone wrong or, or the government doing something. And it's like, Oh yeah, well, let's get our torches and pitchforks. And that scene was so scary. It was scarier than Vecna for me. Cause I was like, that happens today. <laughs> that's what's terrifying about it um you mentioned the twist about vetka vetka vecna i love that twist that you're talking about because we've talked about the twist but we haven't so at the end we get this whole sum up that vecna is number one from these flashbacks and the reason that we've not seen number one and not just this episode or heard about number one in any of the other seasons is because he was banished to the upside down by 11 because mm. he turned on her. He betrayed her. He lied to her and killed everyone at the lab, except for Papa. He thought he killed Papa. Um, and so that's the first big battle was young 11. And the person they have body doubling is young 11. 
is great. Mm-hmm. They've done very little digital work to this person. Uh, that scenes with him and her. And this is, this is uh, obviously Maddie re- recognized him from Twilight because he's part of the Volturi. I recognized him as Anthony from Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. <laughs> um, and he was uh, in Harry Potter. He was Grindelwald in Harry Potter. Yes. Amazing actor. I didn't know that he could go this dark. Uh, it was he's the stuff that he's doing before she banishes him. The fight, the psychonetic fight they have, the the speech he gives. This is like an eight minute speech. Yeah, quite a monologue. Like, yeah. Kudos. I know it's not live theater, so there's probably a lot of takes and looking at the script and line calls and all that. But wow. That was yeah, like was a great. soliloquy in a Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> it was insane um, and so well delivered. Um, and and actually, me and Maddie called it like episode two or three. We had said like, um, I think she was the first person. And, and another another theory that, that she has that hasn't come to fruition yet, but the season's not over. There's a volume two. So we just started throwing around theories like by episode two or three and I said, what if Vecna is number one? Because we've not met number one. Two through 12 is standing in this aisle. He's mentioned 12. He's mentioned number two. Where's number one? And then she was like, what if one is Vecna? Mm-hmm. Or what if one is the Mind Flayer? I was like, ooh, that would be great. And then the other theory she said is she, the way she watches and analyzes is, is scary. And she could be like a CSI tech, but she came to me with this theory that I kind of laughed at at first. And then going back and watching a little bit, she thinks the guidance counselor has something to do with it. Said the guidance counselor. (laughs) Why? She said she knows all their trauma. They all saw her and she wears a clock necklace. I went, she she said she wears a clock necklace. So I went back and I was like, she does wear a clock necklace and she Holy saw moly. every one of them before Vecna cursed them. I was like, Oh, Maddie, I think you're on to something, Sherlock. <laughs> I was so like, like, How does Vecna know which kids to target, which kids have to have trauma? Right? Oh, good job, if Maddie. This, if this comes through in the volume two, nice. I'm like, you need to quit your job and join Scotland Yard. <laughs> the queen of the nerds right there. Yeah. Um, wow. But it's great stuff, man. And and it's not a happy ending. We get a volume two. It's not tied up with a bow. Like every Stranger Things has been. Now we understand uh, that's because of the pandemic. I was misled and I thought that this was the absolute final season and that what we're getting on July 1st was the end. But uh so we're getting another season. And they always said, like, if you watch behind the scenes in season one, the Duffers were very clear, like, we have a five-season plan. That's it. We don't need ten seasons. We have a five-season story to tell. I mean, that's what Kripke did with Supernatural. After season five, he left. Right. And I wouldn't be shocked if he did the same with the boys. I've, yeah. I've got well, my five-season plan. There's source material there that, that yeah. he's still got. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I, it, it ends dark, man, and it ends scary, and it ends we haven't won. We haven't tackled down the big bad yet, and Nancy is trapped 
in Vecna's world. Because Vecna's world is kind of like this side room of the upside down. It's like it's not the upside down, but it's like in conjunction with. It's like a whole separate level. It's like the nine levels of hell or whatever. So Vecna's realm, this all red realm, that he's building this house. Because also a big twist is he's the kid from the 50s. He is Victor Creel. Victor Creel's son and number one in the same time. And I was, I'm just like, we're not in a good place at the end of this season. Nancy's in his world, Steve's in the upside down, but Eddie and Robin got out of the upside down. So it's like, whoo, where are we going from here? So that begs the question where do we go from here, Juice? Who do we lose? How do we end the season? Knowing that there's a season five, what are your predictions for the end of this season? I think that in some form or fashion, the Vecna will not be defeated. Because if I'm not mistaken, the big bads have always lost in the end, right? Like in every season so far, the good guys win. Yeah. And we get a new bad the next season. I think Vecna's going to win this final showdown. And he's going to carry on into the next season as the ultimate big bad. So I think we're going to get a two-season villain. The comment and says the Mind Flayer's still out there. So if the Mind Flayer's running things, Vecna's like the five-star general. Yeah. He didn't wake up Vecna until he lost three times. You know, realizing like, oh, Demogorgon lost. I lost twice. Let's bring in the big guy. Let me bring in mm-hmm. my number one lieutenant, Vecna. And what's that? Another funny thing about this is these are just what we call them because this is the character name from D&D that they've given them. Like mm-hmm. his name's probably not Vecna. The Mind Flayer is probably not the Mind Flayer. Demogorgon's probably called something completely different from the Upside Down. I could see go, piggybacking off of you, I, I think. Someone has to die. A, a big hit. I'm not saying the main party, but quite possibly Eddie, most likely, is what I feel it's leaning towards. Uh, yeah, but that pe- people will feel that, and that will be significant because he is so loved in his short time on the show. But it's not going to be as meaningful as like someone that's been around the whole time, right? So like. I'm thinking things are pointing towards Steve. Like everyone has some sort of attachment to Steve and he's, you know, come full circle to who he was in season one. Like everyone loves him. And, you know, the girl he was after in season one, she's kind of, you know, thinking about him again, looking at him again. He's got this great friendship with Dustin. All these things are just sort of working out and and his friendship with Robin and and every, Oh yeah, exactly. So I think Steve would make sense. My, my, the reason I lean towards Eddie is because he falls under the, the newbie category, and no pun intended. Barb got the shaft. Bob, we Bob. with Bob got killed. Billy had redemption, got killed. Is Eddie that going to follow that blueprint? That new person, one season, you fall in love with them, 
I think Hopefully that the don't. blueprint should be changed all around. Like, Agreed. just like I said, with the villain uh, losing at the end every time, maybe this time he wins. I think he's not just going to win. I think he's going to win-win. And I think season five truly will be the Battle of Hawkins in Hawkins. In the real world, yeah. Upside down. I think we are heading towards an in-game scenario. Mm-hmm. And I think the Mind Flayer and Vecna and their army of demodogs and demogorgons, the military, the party, I think it's going, we're getting near this real world battle for the soul of So it's going to turn into like a dystopian, yes, yes, you know, type of. And season four will end with that. Like they lost. And season five won't hit for two years. They've said that. Oh, Lord. Five till two years from now. So it's sit for two years with a bad. That's torture. And it will, we'll just be like, oh, God. You know, they've killed this person and they don't even get to bury him. And they're they're in Hawkins and Vecna walks through the portal and we've lost. It's like Infinity War. We lost. Yeah. Where do we go from here? And if the Duffers are smart, they'll pull from a little bit of that from the other brothers that did Infinity War and Endgame. The Russos. Russo brothers. Um, I, I think you end so badly and so scary, like something. There's no hope. That there's literally no hope because no. if your fifth and final season is to tie this entire show up. You end this show with no hope whatsoever. The bad guy always winning in wrestling. The bad guy always winning in Marvel and DC, and there's no hope, and we're going to die. Dragon Ball Z, it doesn't matter. You've said it a thousand times in in our episodes. When you sell that, and the bad guy finally gets his comeuppance, and you win the day, oh, nothing beats that feeling. If they ended four so badly and we sit for two years before the Battle of Hawkins, and I say you kill 11 and five, she has to stay in the upside down for it to remain sealed. I think. Oh, Mike and 11. uh, I don't think I would like that though. I want a happy ending for 11. I I do. I, I think she deserves it. And this is, you know, this is barring that that theory we discussed earlier isn't real. If, if they're going a different direction, that's not a theory that actually plays out. I think that uh, you lose either, you know, Eddie, Steve, and Eleven, or do you kill one of the kids? Like, imagine Dustin dying, saving somebody, and, like, Steve crying over him. Imagine oh. that. Or- Dustin, that would hurt a lot. Oh, that would kill me. I mean, I'm wearing the hat. I'm wearing his season two shirt. I mean, I love the character Dustin because I feel like Dustin would grow into me. And like, I would love to play like an older Dustin or cosplay as an older, worn down. I I changed my answer from Zach Galifianakis to Tyler McDaniel. Tyler McDaniel. Absolutely. Duffers, give me a call. Give me a call. You know where I'm at. Um, or, you know, maybe Murray sacrifices himself. Maybe this Dimitri guy carries on into season five and we get more of him, you know, because him and Hopper I, formed 
a friend. I, I want I want Joyce and Hopper to be together, mm-hmm. and I want Eleven to live. Okay. Regar- I, I, beyond that, I don't care. I don't want any of the kids to die, but in all honesty, they could take Jonathan, Will, and Will, and that wouldn't break my heart. Yeah, it wouldn't me either. I feel like those two characters throughout the seasons have gotten more unfavorable for me. But, I mean, why kill them off if it doesn't mean anything? That's true. The, the kill has to mean it. Every death has meant something to us every season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What are your all thoughts? How does it end? What have you thought of season four? Who dies? Who lives? Who tells their story? Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, so thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Or is the theory in this all a big elaborate D and D campaign talking about their childhood? Maybe, maybe not, but whatever happens, you can rest assured that 30 nerdy podcast will be here to talk about it. That's right. In two years, we will probably, (laughs) yeah, we'll probably pick back up after volume two and do a discussion of the season four finale, but it won't be so episode centric. I think unless Mm -hmm. so much happens that we need to talk about the whole thing. Um, But thanks for tuning in guys. It's good to be back. It's good to be back doing this with you juice. Um, Yes. I've missed it. Yeah. I've missed it. I really enjoyed yours and Logan's uh, episode. Uh, Some of it, obviously I couldn't listen to when you'd get to certain things because I'm still behind on things. Uh, once you uh, catch up on the boys you'll be good to go yeah i'll be good to go uh i was jealous of you though i was jealous you got to get the rev on the show and and i wasn't involved I'm, oh listen I, I pulled a few strings and made some things happen i know it wasn't easy though when you need a job done go to juice that's true he's he's kind of like the eric church of getting things done lord have mercy <laughs> all sure. right nerds and nerdettes uh be kind out there to one another be kind to yourselves uh stay tuned for more 30 and nerdy coming down the pipeline to the women of the world we love you cheers to you nerds you've been listening to the 30 and nerdy podcast brought to you by advertising expressions encore theatrical company tennessee legend distillery and the gatlinburg brewing company 30 and nerdy podcast is a bad cast company production founder of the Council of Nerds. Survive the apocalypse by finding 30 and Nerdy Podcast along with other amazing shows at podchaser.com. Looking for more on the 30 and Nerdy Podcast? Check out the website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. There you'll find our directory. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere in between. To leave a voicemail, you can go to speakpipe.com slash 30andnerdypod, or you can leave an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, nerd up or shut up. Cheers to you, nerds.
touch your skin and feel your heart beating next to mine. I'm not living if I don't have you at my side. I can tell.